Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to another episode of Three and D's. Uh, we are back. I'm Matt. We're here with Justin and Mari. How are you guys doing? The flagship podcast. The flagship flagship basketball podcast. Great to be here. Oh yeah. Yeah. The one, the only. Yeah. Tough to find. Tough to find. I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having us once once more. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. It's been a great week. I'm about to I'm about to head out after this recording to a University of Alberta versus McEwen varsity basketball game. So it's going to be wow. There's an wow. evening. I'll I'll send my scouting report after because that's uh, the McEwen. I don't know their last names are are 0 and 12 on the season. So it's going to be a barn burner for sure. Um, mm. Happy to be a basketball fan. Happy to be with you guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> Big basketball guy over here. <laughs> Can you bet on CIS sports? Have, haven't looked into it, Matt. I'll get back to you. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> degenerate question. When U of A uh, is up inevitably by like 30 at halftime, I'll, I'll look into some betting uh, some betting props for live action for you. See, yeah. see what's available. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, so last week's episode, uh, you guys did the all-star draft. And Mari mentioned, I think, at the, at the end bit uh, that he was going to do a 2K simulation with the teams that were drafted. Um, Mari, do you want to just say how that went yeah it was a riveting it was a riveting season for the gang but as justin dabs on camera here justin's team pulled away with the win sure we went uh my team went undefeated in the playoffs justin took a game from the Cavs. i don't know how um i, I forced trades and just put all the best players on each of our teams went yeah. to game seven in the finals between us two it was really really tight and then in the fourth quarter justin's team just pulled away never in doubt Never know. It was a tough look. It was a tough look. No, well, you know, I would have thought Kyrie Irving. I knew. I knew my team. Yeah, I knew who the structure is, I needed. Yeah, who's Finals MVP again? I believe it was Luka Doncic. Yeah, as Luka does. Good one-on-one pick there. Out. Yeah. I mean, look. looking back, I guess you have Luka and. Jokic, yeah. who are probably arguably the two best right now. Yeah. We're going to have Kevin so Durant and LeBron on the wings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could make you could say the same thing with Mario's team, but... Um, I, I'm, the the, the uh, thing yeah. is, the uh, the realism of of both Kyrie Irving and LaMelo Ball making the the Eastern All-Stars this year is well, just... You guys are uh, such sticklers. You're such sticklers on that, on these menial... Yeah, I, think, I think we should have changed... Like it should have been more accurate, the most accurate All Star team. And and, and the like thing looking is, looking back, <laughs> I don't think there's even a shot that L- Lamelo makes the All Star. I don't. Okay, <laughs> I think he was the worst player in that draft. Okay, <laughs> well, so it doesn't matter. I won fair and square, and Lamelo's an All Star, so he's an All Star caliber talent, even though he hasn't played that many games. Certainly, certainly. And look, Cavs are an up-and-coming team. You know, you lose one to an up-and-comer. That's okay. It builds comp- builds character, builds confidence, and that's what t- drove us to a, a finals win here. So, you know, uh, a lot of hate from this end of the, ta- of the table, but uh, I'm holding over the W. Came over the W. I can't be mad. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, I know, Mari, I think you mentioned that you wanted to say a little something about the historic. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've got I've got a little piece here, and it made me think a little bit. I, I watched a TikTok recently about um. Essentially, it was a video of somebody um, s randomizing players in Basketball Reference until they find someone who's better than Tim Duncan, and and Shaquille O'Neal came up, and um, eventually he decided that Tim Duncan was a better player than Shaquille O'Neal, which. Um, if I was, it was tough for me as well. I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure about that. But eventually, I said, yeah, probably. But what I didn't realize was um, just how close really that is, because most of the comments on that TikTok were were, were about how Shaq's peak was probably better, but um, TD's career as a whole is better. I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? If you if you were to answer right now, who, who who's a better NBA player, Tim Duncan or Shaquille O'Neal? Wow. This is, this, is a big, this is a big question. No, no, no warning, no prompt. Just, just jump into it. Just, just right away. What, initial shot, yeah. initial thoughts. Tim, for me, it's Tim Duncan. I'd say Tim Duncan, just because I know how good he was and like accolade wise. I don't think a lot of people actually realize everything that he won and everything that he was a part of and the longevity of it all. Um, I think Shaq had a higher peak for like a, a couple seasons than Tim Duncan ever got to, personally. Yeah. But with the rings, the 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 winning, I think I looked at I I heard a stat the other day where like his winning Tim Duncan's like winning percentage over his career is like it's either like close to seven hundred like points or seventy percent or over it. Like it's like absurd that crazy. Uh, that stat just the way he affects impacts winning. Um, yeah. I think puts him above, but I do think Shaq in like what like oh I forget what his crazy season was, but like oh one or oh two or something like that. He had this season where he just could not be stopped. It, it was like Zion plus, I'm pretty sure at that at that stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that he had kind of a higher ceiling, higher peak. So yeah, I don't know. That's my that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean, didn't they change the rules because of Shaq? Like they changed the very rules of the game. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, and he's that's interesting. That player. <laughs> so, do you have more more to say on that piece? I feel like you do. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just I realized it was closer than it was, and and I, I, I kind of, as much as I love Tim Duncan, and I, I'm, I'm kind of a, um, just because I, I like how he plays. I think he plays the game the right way, and I, I like the comparison that Shaq had a better peak. But if we were to take a look at it, if you look at the playoff matchups, matchups, obviously we know that Tim Duncan's a more winning player. Um, if you look at the playoff matchups, there's three and two in series. Shaq, Shaq has one series over Tim Duncan. Duncan has um, five ranks to Shaq's four, and two of Shaq's wins over Duncan, or he has Shaq and Kobe. And Tim Duncan had a 19, 20-year-old Tony Parker who had yet to come um, to be, you know, Tony Parker. Manu Ginobili wasn't even drafted yet. Manu Ginobili on the second series was still a bench player from Argentina who nobody, nobody knew who he was. Um, so I'm, I'm not not to erase those series as a wash just because of that. But, you know, if you have Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal against a single Tim Duncan. But what I found was most interesting was if you aggregate the average stats of those five matchups between Shaq and TD, Duncan averages more points, more rebounds, more blocks, persists, and more steals than Shaq does. So in every counting stat, he played better than him in every single one of those series. Um, which is Which I think comes down to the biggest difference between these two is the defensive impact that Duncan has. He was an all-NBA defensive team first team 15 times in his career which is 15 un times. unheard of 
unheard of um so crazy yeah i, I don't know it, it just the I, I don't think as much as people always say oh tim duncan is so underrated people don't realize how good tim duncan is i didn't even realize how good because because it's shaquille o'neal the most dominant big man in the paint and in those series that they played against each other tim duncan dominated him so is it is it really fair to say that he was the most dominant big man of his era like oh man i don't know I, I just thought it was interesting. And and my biggest argument is that Tim Duncan never had a the major weakness that was Shaq's hack a shack. I think that yeah. that ultimately became the the bane of his career and something he never learned to get over. He was a good defensive player, but not a game changing defensive player as T D was. Yeah, and you can't can't undermine the coaching he had as well and uh and just the overall longevity um of his career. So for me, I always, I know Shaq run four four rings, but to me, I see I view him as like a just I, I don't know how long was he even elite for like five years maybe before his six. Shaq years? was elite. For, Shaq was elite for a long time because okay. because he had he had four elite years with Orlando, he had another seven elite years with LA, and then All a right, couple and one good year with Miami. <laughs> Um, just because, and then where he won a ring with D Wade. So people always talk about Shaq's kind of, uh, rings being, being overshadowed by Kobe and D Wade's performance, but you know, that, I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, but I will say that I, I believe that having Kobe Bryant on his team versus Tim Duncan, having 19 year old Tony Parker, a bit of a kind of mismatch there. Just a little fun factoid for you guys—a fun little thought. Yeah, thank you to all the to all the basketball heads out there that love the historical debate. Yeah, um, I think they're super. Yeah, the, cool. I could go either way. It's yeah, close. It's close. I, I, I wouldn't be mad at either. I wouldn't be mad at either. Just because, yeah. and and what I'm surprised by is Tim Duncan only averaged four points less on average in his career. So he has his career average is 19. Shaq's career average is 23-ish. Um, mostly due to the bad years in Cleveland, Boston, Phoenix, you know, but um, he's just so damn good at his peak, truly what people call unstoppable, except in the playoffs against Tim Duncan, apparently. Huh. That's very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's, that's kind of getting me thinking with, obviously, I think we can probably do a LeBron episode later, just once he breaks the all-time points record. Um, but longevity of career, it's something unprecedented. And you're talking about Tim Duncan and his whole career, but MJ's peak is definitely better than LeBron's peak. So it's mm-hmm. like where you make that distinction with who was the better player overall and the discourse around it. It's pretty interesting. And I think we'll continue to get more interesting as LeBron continues to just do LeBron things. I need one more LeBron ring. I need it. I need, I, I just would love to see it just so like this goat argument could become really, really real. Because right now I don't think it's really that yeah. much of an argument, but I'd love to see another LeBron ring. Yeah. Well, piggybacking off of that, um, the Lakers are currently the 13th seed at the filming or the recording <laughs> of this. Um, they've lost a few close games. It actually, it's so funny to, to me watching any of their highlights because they they're right there for pretty much any game LeBron's playing. And then the last two minutes, they just blow it. Like they're typically winning by four or five last two minutes. And then they just blow it and they can't close. There's been a bunch of just like late foul calls that actually didn't get called for them very recently. 
But yeah, that's amounted to being 20 and 25, 13 seed in the Western Conference. Granted, it is only it only it is only three games back of the six seed. So I wouldn't say hopes lost at all. But what do you guys think in terms of like any trades that they can do? I know there's been it's been very public that LeBron's very uh, vocal about trading those two draft picks that they have. Before we get into the, um, what do you guys think that they should do? Are you guys giving up on these Lakers yet? Are you with me? Can we can we jump off this? Literally two weeks ago, you're saying, "Oh, they're going to get in the playoffs, and they're going to, you know, they could win a first round." They are. Come on, come on. If if you're they're literally a game and a half on. out of the play-in, if if you're so for assuming they make the play-in, which I I I would like to, they might not, they might not. That's really what this is about. But if they get in the play-in, I think the worst. The team that a number one seed doesn't want to face the most at the bottom of that playoff bracket is the Lakers. They're, they're just scary. The ceiling with AD and LeBron is scary to face in the playoffs. They they won a a ring with essentially that nucleus. They, they could be the, the scariest first round that, exit it, there. It was the nucleus, but it was completely different everywhere around that nucleus. And the yeah. nucleus is aged, Mari. The um, electrons. And, but, uh, but do you want to? Do you want to play? The the electron <laughs> difference, everything in that cell is different. They have no. But shoot. if you're the number one seed, if you're the number one seed in the West, are you like, yeah, I want to play LeBron James and Anthony? I'd rather Davis. play them than the fucking Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that's for sure. The Warriors aren't going to yeah. be down there. The Warriors are going to be down there. Four or five. Yeah. They're six uh, right now. They're six right like, now. They like, like, would you rather face the the Lakers or the Suns? I'd say the Lakers easily. The Suns are not scary to me at all. I would rather face the Lakers and the Suns. Isn't that what you just said? I no, but I'd rather I'd personally rather face the Lakers. I had the Suns over the Lakers. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah, I think you need I to wouldn't see, want to play like, that I, I saw the Raptors play the Timberwolves last night. Wouldn't want to play the Timberwolves in round one. Wouldn't want to play the Clippers. Wouldn't want to play the thriving Thunder in now in the ninth Yeah, spot. the West are the West are a really scary playoff bracket. There's really no yeah. one matchup that would be like, yeah, I know that how that's gonna go. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, yes, but the, the the Denver and Memphis are running away with the conference right now. I mean, the Sac- the Kings have flown into the three seed, Mari. Congratulations. Um, and yet, they're still five and a half games behind the Grizzlies for that two spot. So the Grizzlies and the Nuggets are definitely pulling away, and I think they're putting themselves in a tier of their own in this conference right now. Um, but you're right, three through 11, yeah, three through 12, really, is you know you could put you could hypothetically put them all in the same tier honestly three like i could see that being an argument um but i don't know i just i think the lakers will make a move because i think like i said they owe it to lebron and you know how many years do you have left here and if i'm a team i want those picks i want those unprotected first rounders in 2027 and 2029 so we can definitely talk about some trades i think there are some options that definitely put them into a second round conversation potentially um but i just don't see i think they're so far away from a championship contending team so i just i don't know you don't think they're one piece away i don't think they're one I mean, piece it depends away. on the I, I mean, tell me what the piece is i don't know yeah like, exactly yeah let's hear it <laughs> do you have any, I mean, any thoughts on that so here's what they i mean so here's what they have i mean a lot of viewers already know this they have russell westbrook's expiring at 47 million um they have patrick bell beverly on a contract for 13 million they could use you could use um 
So, I mean, there's a way to get to like, honestly, 60 plus million dollars of, of expirings um, plus those first two, uh, those two first round picks. So the issue though, is you're either having to put a package together where you're getting about $47 million back if you're the Lakers or 60 million. There's really no, or sorry, anywhere between 47 to 60 million, basically. So those are kind of the, when we're talking about realistic trades, that's sort of what, um, you know, we're looking at. Like some names, I'll just throw out the wall. Like, would John Collins plus something else be a fit? Um, I know the Atlanta Hawks definitely need to do something um, to to shake things up. Um, I think uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich should be in that conversation as well. For sure, I think he's probably the number one trade option for yeah. that. Um, Miles Turner's completely out now, uh, just because the Pacers are. Yeah, good. The, the Pacers have their core. They're yeah, they're he's yeah. just out, which definitely would have happened previous to this season but they've got it i think he's probably going to resign pretty shortly here um, yeah there's some utah jazz guys that are available they're they're still yeah, sitting pretty easily would be good um, um charlotte is charlotte a team that might have something that that you know would entice the lakers i wouldn't personally do this but like a gordon hayward kelly Oubre package i know kelly Oubre is hurt right now um and gordon hayward can't stay on the floor but is that something that they look at D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota, like that's another name. Yeah. Um, so there are names out there. Like, could they, could they do a Kyle Lowry switch? I don't think the Heat would do that. So no, it, see that's the thing. I think it's really more so locating the teams who are willing to take on uh, what do you say, sixty million in figure for a year, 47. just so that they could have that forty-seven for a year, so they can have that space for next year. And what what teams are there right now? There's not a whole lot. It's Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's Charlotte. It's who yeah, else? It's not really like, a don't the heat are ready to throw it away for sure. No, not right now. Um, and then I think the whole Gobert trade in the summer really, <laughs> really messed things up in terms of value and what people could prospectively look to get back. And with yeah. the Lakers, like, yeah, I don't think you should trade those picks. <laughs> like, yes, you have LeBron and LeBron's legacy and everything, but he kind of got himself into this mess. I think at most you do something around non-Beverly and like something else to get like a Bogdanovich or like a Josh Hart or You're something not getting like a Bogdanovich that. without one of those picks at the very minimum. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. think he's worth the first round pick though. He's definitely not worth an unprotected. Bogdan, I think it's for pick. the Lakers. Yeah. I guess he'd go protected, but, but no, but you're, um, not, you're not, you guys you gotta read give... the report. Do you guys read the reports about the, what they're asking? They're asking for at least one un- fully unprotected first plus a second thing a second asset of some sort whether it's a young player or another first or some a high second like that's what they're asking for so if you're going to offer up a protection they're going to laugh you out of the room i think he's a winning player and i think he's a really good match for the lakers and I, if i was if i were the lakers i would make that trade i i think he's a and he he addresses every single need that they have you know perimeter and interior defense a three point shooter and a secondary ball handler i think he's He's everything the Lakers need. So the trade for Bogdanovich straight up would be Beverly, none, and an unprotected first, 2027 first. <laughs> I don't think the Pistons say yes to that. Genuinely. I think they could get more. I, mean, I think a lot I think Bogdanovich will be a high I think he's probably the biggest asset right now. That's I mean, like what else are you getting for? What else are you gonna add, like ask for? I think that's a great trade package if you're if you're yeah i guess it's an unprotected trade. first plus it's unprotected and it's again it's probably one of the most highly valued assets in the trade market right now because i mean again lebron is 38 
and has, you know, uh, you know, he signed a one year extension, but this is, this is literally three, four years down the line, four and a half years down the line. I mean, do you think that LeBron and or AD are be on this team? Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, and that's why if I'm the Raptors, the first team I'm looking at is trying to make, if I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make some trades work with uh, this Lakers uh, team, but I do think Bogdanovich is a really good piece. Um, I think this is his peak value. Like, I think this is just him as like his peak. He's, he's in his prime right now. Um, he has signed for two more Maybe years. A year, a year or two past his prime maybe, but. But he's playing, he's playing. Still, like, still value. This, number, this is like the best season he's put up though. Like, so you're trading for his apex value, um, yeah. which will inevitably only go down. He is signed for, for two more years after this though. So it's not like he's an expiring um, I do think the Lakers really want to get off that Russell Westbrook contract though. So we should probably, th- let's think about some, some deals that could revolve around that $47 million contract. I don't know if you, like, I, I'm, I'm enticed by the Hawks here. If they decide to say, okay, let's take a step back this year, try and, you know, semi tank, get a good pick. John Collins is making 20, $24 million a year over the next four years. Um, you've got Clint Capella there at, at 18.7. Is there a way to package those two contracts, um, you know, for Russell Westbrook and both those picks? Is that enough for Atlanta? Would Cle- would uh, would late would would uh, LA do that? I would do that if I was LA because if you yeah. have you can you can move eight. Oh, I kind of j- jams your your front court though a little bit. Clint John. Yeah, and- but you know the the backup centers for Anthony Davis right now are Wenyan Gabriel and Thomas Bryant who. You know, yeah. Thomas Bryant performing on the minimum. <laughs> yeah, I always um, like them. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if the Lakers have any suitors for Westbrook outside of Charlotte, and I don't know yeah. if Charlotte's yeah. gonna do a deal. I, I don't think Atlanta's gonna do that. I don't think, like, it, since we, or since I talk shit, I know I was talking shit about them. Um. They've kind of figured it out a little bit recently, and I think they're going to work their way into the playoffs, like not the play-in even. Like they could even go as high as a six pretty easily. Um, I wouldn't put it past them. And they did the DeJounte Murray trade already, so I think they're committed to this group and this team here. Yeah. They might do a little change and a little reconfiguring, but I feel like if Nate McMillan stays and um, they can keep that group, happy i feel like this is their group going forward at least this year so i think it's charlotte or bust in terms of that westbrook deal and i don't know what charlotte i don't know if charlotte would do that i i think i i agree i I think it's really just charlotte i think because because they have the pieces to give back to to make up for that contract and gordon hayward um and nobody else will no one else will take that contract. It, it, it's not a buyer's I mean, market right now. People will do saying. it for salary matching. It's an expiring, so it's not like it can be used as a vessel. But he's not going to. It's not like we're looking at Russell Westbrook as a positive asset. Of course, he's not. But he is good for salary matching, which is why even. But even I'm looking at this screen in front of me. Even John Collins and Clint Capella doesn't even get you to 47 million. So you, you have to throw exactly. in Justin Holiday on top of that. It's like an obscene salary. <laughs> yeah, it's you, you um, need quite a bit. So yeah, I, I don't I'm know. I'm kind of talking myself into this deal for, for both teams though. If you're, if you're Atlanta, you still have Trey uh, Murray Hunter and Okongwu as your, as four of your five kind of starting caliber future. You have Bogdanovich off the bench still. 
And then you have two of two incredible unprotected first round picks down the line. That you can either use to flip for other assets or um, obviously keep for the long haul. And then you have salary kit, salary cap space too, right? They don't like John Collins and Clint Capella seems to be regressing quite um, rapidly from, you know, he hasn't had a good season this year. I um, mean, he's still on the books for two years after that. Uh, and then if you're the Lakers again, you know, John uh, Collins, you need shooting though. <laughs> shooting is what you need for the like you don't need like AD excelled at the center position this year. He needs well, to be at the can, five spot. Maybe you can you flip need like a three four three-teamer. flexible wing that can hit a hit a three. I mean, the way that Atlanta's been playing Collins so far has been as a corner four. Um, you know, True, back, back but the Clint under. thing makes no sense. Yeah. Well, to, to get rid of your two first, then you have nothing. <laughs> AD doesn't like AD does not like playing center, so you'd appease Anthony Davis a little bit to play more of the four. Um, even though I think but the spacing, this <laughs> what well, kind of a lineup yeah. is that, right? With Pat I mean, Bev, LeBron, Austin, I get it, AD but in terms of just pure value that you're getting for those picks, I think it's up there compared to like Bogdanovich or or the other guys we're talking about. Like John Collins is 25 years old. He's a very good player, right? He could you yep. see him making an all-star? And he could shoot the ball. Yeah. So if I'm the Lakers, and that's something you can build off to, he's still on contract for three more years. Hypothetically, could could build as an in an AD core if LeBron you know retires or wants out or something after next year. So I don't think that's you know off the table. But I agree that Charlotte's most likely to do something that franchise is in fucking shambles. Like my goodness, how what did the Imagine being a fan of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, that is that is bad. So you have yeah, Gordon. I think. Gordon. Yeah, even even the Bulls pick. Um, the Bulls don't look like they're gonna blow it up. It looks like their GM's too stubborn, and they've kind of gelled together. But I think the best package could be the Demar slash Levine, whatever way you want to go there, and the Vucevic for. Westbrook in the picks if you really want to commit to the tank. Um, but the Bulls yeah. don't seem to be like, I feel like they're going to be a team that surprises a lot of people this trade deadline by being quiet, which I don't know if I love, but what about well, that, I, as, as we, as we get into kind of other teams, I, I like what Matt said earlier about the Rudy Gobert trade. I think I'm expecting an actually surprisingly quiet trade deadline just because I think the value of large movements has been kind of fucked over by oh, yeah. the John T. Murray trade and the Rudy Gobert trade, I think. And Mitchell. Granted, yeah, could, Mitchell, you could argue yeah. he was worth it, but I think the Mitchell trade worked, but I, I it's just it's it's tough to see what what these big contracts, big players will go for these days. Yeah, it is tough to do the market. Obviously, I think people have already realized that that Gobert trade is going to be one of the worst in a while. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that helps a little bit, but I do agree, Mari. My counter to that is I have never seen a league so open right now for our next champion. You know, you don't have that. I don't, you know, either, maybe you put the Celtics in that tier, but I don't think there's a team that's necessarily dominating the NBA and, and where you think, Hey, I don't have a shot at beating these guys. Like that was the case for years and years. And I love where the league is at in, as a whole, which means I think there is, there could be some desperate um, teams who, you know, want to want a shot at, at winning. And that's why I think the Raptors are in such a great position because their assets are by far the best. If they do want to make moves. Um, 
But while we're on Chicago and LA, what about a DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, and Kobe White deal for Russ and two picks? I've actually seen Caruso is the only untouchable. On yeah, there's no Chicago Caruso right is now. available. Caruso is available. Come on. Not not for I, that I package. Not nearly for I, I, that I package. don't think so. Him at nine million a year for the next few years and with the salary cap only going up and the value that he has for their defense and just their culture. Yeah. I was just seeing reports like he's literally the only untouchable, which is crazy yeah. with everyone that they have there. I well, I, I, I think not- also the, he's the highest value trade asset right now for the Bulls. And if, if somebody was to offer for Caruso, it would be a lot more than just that, especially if they're going to give away DeRozan and White as part of that deal. I, I, I don't think the value is there yet. So I, I think you guys are undervaluing how valuable these Laker picks are. I, don't, I think you're undervaluing how good Alex Caruso is and how much Maybe. people want him. But I don't, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Alex Caruso goes for a, one of the unprotected first for the Lakers. Person. Boyan Bogdanovich is, dude. I would take I, Boyan I over Alex Caruso. I don't know. They it's haven't close. really it's, did it's, the it's same since he left. <laughs> Caruso will not. Caruso does a lot of... He's he's a great analytics darling. He does some awesome things for winning basketball. He's definitely a good glue piece. But he's not, like, on the level of Bogdanovich, who's putting up 21-plus points a game and shooting 40-whatever percent from three. Like... I, I don't know. I yeah. Well, like, I probably am the, under. I'm arguing with his contract too. Oh yeah, for like sure. The nine million years and age and age too. I get it. Um, yeah, like he's still young. I just think there's a there's a there's I a feeling to what he does, and I think it's less high than what Bogdanovich brings for your team. Um, for sure, for sure. But I do like a lot of the other stuff, so I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so just going off the bulls, like I feel like they're just too stubborn in management. Um, they got new management last year and they made a lot of deals. They made a lot of splash plays, big moves. Um, so I just, I just don't think that they make any trades. Like I think they're just too attached to this team. They're currently in the plan and like they're playing like this time last year, they were playing. Their record was obviously much better, but they were losing to any team that was pretty much a playoff team or above five hundred and beating the teams that they should. And this year, it's the complete reverse, which makes absolutely no sense. I, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't know if Billy Donovan's just <laughs> like him as a coach, switch yeah. philosophies or something. I feel like I haven't heard his name in like two plus years, and he's just like existing. Yeah, he's just there. I don't know. He's okay. He's better than the last one. I forget his name, but he was fucking awful. Oh, the fat guy. Who, like, he really screwed them. He like threw shit. Hoiberg. The bald fat guy. Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg. Rest in peace, Fred. There was someone in between, in between right? him. Between Hoiberg, Fred yeah. wasn't great. Yeah, there was someone in between him, and he really fucked them. Because you could still have Markman. You could still have Carter Gafford. I think he really stunted their growth. Like He was one of the ones that they'd play it back to back and then they would do a practice the next day. And it's just like this unwritten rule in the NBA that that's not a thing, but he'd make them run suicides. And it's like, yeah, this no, is insane. It was Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan. That's, yeah. That's his name. Yeah. He what was did you say before? What was Hoiberg. Menace. You Hoiberg was before him. You could have said any name. I'd be like, Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was awful. 
What about this? Is a crazy. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Crazy pitch. Hmm? What if Brooklyn goes all in on offense and does a, a Vucevic Joe Harris swap? Whoa, whoa! The salaries are almost matching. The the Nets, you know, they've got they've got a pick. They can, you know, what if it's like just a light, like a heavily protected first? Wait, 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 wait! Have you been watching Joe Harris play this year? Isn't he horrible? He is a horrible year. Dog, like he is so. He's, he's not good. so. Bad. I was gonna say, wh- I know. What did the Bulls get out so of that? Bad. He had a first. Like, we just kind of been fired. He's just bad like, guys. He is not commanding very much. I don't. I don't think so. He's not. Vucevic is a very good starting center. He's a very no, good starting not. center. Like, <laughs> you'll see. Dude, look at him. He put up forty-three and seventeen this week. He yeah, put up a 43-17 game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? It's just he's not. He is, he's a horrible. Like people. He I is, think you're getting him a lot. In the league. Like no credit whatsoever. He might be the worst defender in the league. Big man defender. In the he's league. he's up there. He's up there, but he's he's a he's also one of the better twenty ten machine. Yeah, seventeen and eleven. One of the best offensive big men. Like they just need a four that's not Pat Williams. Okay, let's say it's two protected first round picks, but the theory of it, what do you think for for Brooklyn's side? I Brooklyn's I mean from Brooklyn's side, I think Brooklyn's that's great because you have Claxton, he's playing out of his mind, who's honestly a borderline all-star, which is insane to say. Yeah. But I think he should be there. You'd have a, a, a Kyrie <laughs> I, I don't Kyrie I don't see that. Kevin Durant, Claxton, Vooch starting five. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal off the bench, Cam Thomas, TJ Warren. Let's go. Let's go Nets. <laughs> you you forgot the three point, future three-point champ this year. Well, they don't have a lot of size, right? Like, the Nets don't have a lot of size. And I think they would they would be better for, like, a Miles Turner type that can, like, give them some interior paint defense. defense. But – Again, like who are those guys for the, if you're if you're looking at the Nets roster? I, I, yeah, I think for the Nets, it's it's more of a backup big and not someone who commands the ball as much as Vucevic does. Um, the offense runs fine already. I think I think it's more so getting someone, as you're saying, the Miles Turner prototype who who could come off the bench for Nick Claxton. Because right now, I think it's Daron Sharp who's who's yeah. doing the big minutes. Found- and he's you know six foot eight. He's not great. Capella for Joe Harris and a first. Who says no? Exactly. That could work. That'd make that'd make more sense. Then Okongwu gets in there. Atlanta has a bit more shooting. Um, the only thing is Atlanta doesn't need more shooting. They have they need, like, they need more wings. They yeah. have they probably have the most wings in the league, I think. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Well, he's more of a guard, obviously. Joe Harris is not playing at your Oh yeah, well, sorry, that's helping your point. Well, yeah. Well, getting into getting into our next conversation, I think someone who might be a Nets target is a uh, is Vashon Holmes with the Kings. It's kind of a fills that gap. Yeah. And is, is someone that the Kings are looking to trade off as well? Yeah. I think I'd be happy to take Joe Harris back for Vashon Holmes. Yeah, but Rashawn, um, the Kings are contending. Like, why would the Kings do that? Well, yeah. So that that's that's kind of my next my next thing here is that. Talking about our teams going into the trade markets here, a lot of people are saying that the king, the king's needs are uh, bench depth, um, particularly the center position because Holmes, Len, uh, Keita, and Metu haven't really been working. Lyles has put up some good minutes, but uh, besides you know Malik Monk, 
there's there's not a whole lot coming off the bench. It's, it's Terrence Davis, it's this and this. So it would be nice to get a wing, some more wing depth. Joe Harris would be would fit in that spot. Um, it's kind of a perfect replacement for Kevin Herter. Should he come off the floor, you don't really get a lot of value lost there. But me personally, um, some some targets that I've seen on around the internet were the likes of um, Josh Richardson, Thaddeus Young, uh, Jen McDaniel's, all all who play for teams who are looking to trade. That's San Antonio, Chicago, uh, San Antonio, um, Toronto, and Charlotte, and all who would be willing to take a look at something like a Rashawn Holmes trade or an Alex Len trade. Um, but for me personally, I I think the core is quite good. If you're not going to make a small move like that, I think Joe, I, I I'm talking myself into the Joe Harris for a Sean Holmes trade. I think that actually works for both sides pretty well. Um, but I'd love to see a big move from the Kings because right now they're at this middling playoff spot and they're a good team, but I don't think they're going to contend. If they really want to go all in for a championship this or next mm-hmm. year, it's now is the time to make a big move. All right, move. so so let's um, hear it. What's that big move? I feel like we're going it. somewhere. The big move. <laughs> the big move. And I, I actually don't like this. I do have a hypothetical trade for you. And I, 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 I've heard the this. Harris, and, and I'm sure. Would it, you'd have to include Terrence Davis in that, just so you know. So does that make it less appealing? Why is that? Salary. That, I'm fine with that. I, I hate match. TD. Yeah, I, I, I don't like having Terrence Davis in my team. I would love to have Joe Harris instead of Terrence Davis. And Rashawn doesn't play. So I'm yeah, happy he with that. doesn't. Which so, doesn't really make sense to me, but we'll move past it. He's I a think, good player. Yeah, he's, he's a good, really, man. He's the good. Raptors could use the fuck out of Rashad home, to be honest. I know. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's going to be a big p- trade piece coming up here. Um, I think the Nets would love Rashawn Holmes. Anyway, um, the big one, and I'm sure you guys have heard this as well, is on the Bill Simmons podcast that we all love, um, is OG for a package of Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes. I. Yeah. I love it because the ceiling raises here, but I personally, because of my values as the king should rebuild, it just doesn't work for me. I think Keegan's ceiling is is something that we need to take a look at. He's a six foot nine forward who shoots the ball really, really well. Um, I think it would actually put them into the championship. Believe it or not, I think it would put them into to those talks of a big three with Fox, OG, and Sabonis. Is ooh. yeah, with Herder, Malik, but, there. Yeah. So, what, because it's a Raptors Kings trade, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. What, what do you think about? Would you say yes to that? OG for Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray. So here's what people forget about OG. They know how great of a defender they, he is. Like, like they know what he brings to a team. He's 25 years old, and he's under contract for two more years after this one. Keegan Murray is 22 years old, and he's just getting his foot in the league. Um, if I'm if I'm the Raptors, I, I do this. Um, I think, I, I think that you're right. Keegan Murray, you know, it, it sets our timeline. I think having Scotty and Keegan Murray next to each other is a very exciting future for the, for the Raptors. Um, he's a very Raptors player. Keegan Murray. Totally. He's totally a Raptors player. I think Harrison Barnes would be someone we'd actually resign. Um, considering I agree. he's also a Raptors player. Yeah. Yeah, he's only thirty. Like he could, he could, he could be a good, you know, locker room guy. And he, he's not—he's still a very good player. So I definitely do this from the Raptors. I don't know if I do this from the Kings. Um, giving up on your fourth, fourth overall pick that early, um, but I think that is the price for OG. I don't know if you're getting him for uh, Harrison Barnes and picks, even though this, like the salaries would match up there. Um, they would yeah. probably take 
a DeJounte Murray pick package, like three firsts and two swaps or something like that, um, yeah. which I think you don't want to do either. Um, so I don't think this ultimately gets done. But no. with Vladi, you never know. You just well, yeah, never know. You never know. But with I, I think actually both Keegan and HB mean a lot to the Kings. Barnes has been, you know, has been their veteran presence. And on, on games where they can't get their offense going, the person who gets it going is Harrison Barnes. So I, I, I would be, as much as people have been saying trade Barnes for a long time to start the rebuild, he means a lot to that team both on, on both sides of the floor. Are the so Kings I, I, I think he, he's an attractive person to have. Hmm. Are the Kings I, it's tough to say. Now, it, yeah, now, now the conversation is different. Before it was like, okay, we can't wait to get this guy off of our books. The contract's big. But he's a good locker room. You know, he 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 just exactly he means a lot. People love him. Yeah. And uh three for six. Matt, you, you said you had a Pascal Siakam focused trade. Yeah, here. with so back to Kings Raptors, which just seems to to be the talks here. Um it was Pascal Siakam for uh Barnes, Holmes, Mitchell, and Keegan. Wow. Oh, that was the one I thought you were actually going to say. And like maybe a pick. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mitchell and And then you Murray. have the one, two, three punch. You really go yeah. all in this year. You have the ceiling them all, is both, way like, higher. You have all three of them like locked in, I think, for a few more years at least. I'm not 100% on each of their contract situations. Or you, you, have, wow. the, you have the opportunity to sign them longer term. Siakam's still only, what, 29? 28, yeah. Um, Fox is still 25-26. Sabonis, same thing. So you have your future for the next five five or so years. You get rid of all your depth, but you you have a one-two-three punch that I think could rival pretty much anyone in the NBA. Yeah. I, I think That's, if you want to wow. pull the trigger on that. I think I prefer like, it. You, as, you as get much rid as... of your depth, sure, yeah. but like then you you get rid of Holmes and Barnes, who those two have been in trade talks for years now. David yeah. Mitchell hasn't really progressed as much as you probably would have hoped. Um, and then Kiki Murray, we can make the same conversation about how Yeah, you don't know if you want to give up on your fourth overall pick that quickly, but they did it with Tyrese just last year. So who, We don't need to bring that up. I think if Pascal's on the board, though, I think you have to really consider it at that point. I, he's an all NBA player. I yeah. Think he's under contract for multiple so, seasons. Yeah. I think you'd have to give up more than that. I think you'd have to give up. Yeah, that's more. what and I like, think is funny. I yeah. That's why I'm saying Keegan as well. Yeah. You know, Keegan, I'm saying Keegan Davion. for sure. And maybe, maybe a pick or two. Maybe a pick or two. And you probably get some a, another. You probably get Thad Young back or someone else as well, like a Kem Birch. Yeah, yeah. That would be nice if if we got Thad Young in there. I Thad Young and then another pick from the Kings would probably make the deal work. I like this a lot more, strangely enough, than the OG trade because I, I I regard OG and Pascal fairly similarly as far as trade value, just because. Um, but they do different things, and I think Pascal would fill that as what I was talking about the HB role being a veteran and being kind of a consistent offensive player. That, wow. That, that's so much to give up for the Kings. Keegan, Davion, Rashawn, sure. and Barnes. But, but And then if you're the Raptors, like you really commit to the tanking, the rebuild, all of it. And I think with the lottery, even if you're the one 
the like the you finish 30th like your odds only go up like a few percentage points so it would yeah. pretty much lock them into like the at least because the pistons and the rockets just suck and charlotte and lamella's <laughs> up those three just suck so it locks them into like the fourth to the seventh most chance yeah, of getting yeah. which i think is like about 10 to 12 i want to say yeah. yeah so yeah. i don't know could be could well, could work out all around i think there's more to do for the raptors to get to that spot because even without pascal there's still a lot of talent on that team like, oh that's, i think that's this is just one of the win. trades that they do if they yeah do the fire sale i don't know justin you have so let's, let's kind of get into this yeah let's get into this fire sale so I'm I'll sure preface, Justin has some ideas here. I'll preface by saying that I think it'll be actually a quiet, a semi-quiet trade deadline for the Raptors. I don't think they're going to get what they want. And they do value their players a lot in that they're not just going to trade them away just for the sake of doing something. Um, the fact that you are saying that you value OG and Pascal equally makes me... Not equally. Okay, not well, equally. close, Similar, whatever. But similarly. The league also probably doesn't, yeah, they probably obviously value Pascal more, but the way that the league is valuing OG and OB um, makes me think that Masai might seriously can trade and might seriously consider trading him at the trade deadline. I agree. Literally the I fact agree. that 20 plus teams could use the services. You know, I, I saw a stat the other day where ISO possessions against OG defending the they're shooting like under 22% when OG <laughs> like the, the, the guy so what he brings in the defensive end is crazy. I will say this is his, I think this is his peak as a player. Like the way I view, the way I've seen him develop, I don't see him turning. Like, I think this is sort of his offensive game. He's like, he's a three and D kind of guy. I've seen him, his handles gotten better. His, you know, his passing has gotten better, but it's been like micro improvements and it's just not something that comes naturally to him. So his stature within like a championship team is really a third or fourth banana who, who kind of defends the top guy, which again is super valuable, but considering where the Raptors are at, I don't know if they can rebuild that team again by the time, you know, he costs $45 million, you know, in two, two plus years, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I would seriously consider trading OG at the deadline. I think Pascal, I do have some hypothetical trades. There is blow it up scenarios for sure. Um, I think most likely person gone is Gary Trent this year, even though I really do like what he yeah what he's he brings um and he's still 24 years old i just i don't even think the raptors know what they're gonna do like it's so confusing i think they're really gonna gauge what the market is gonna give them they're gonna listen on offers for everyone obviously your top four guys are og gary fred and pascal in terms of who are available um but yeah let me throw a couple at you here so the first one we've been talking about pascal and og so i'll start with them what about um H for Pascal. What about a, a Raptors Sixers trade where the, the Raptors trade Pascal and they get Tobias oh, Harris and Tyrese Maxey back with right. some, yeah. some picks? If you're if you're um the 76ers, you know, you don't I, I if I'm the 76ers, I don't know if I can build a championship level team with Harden and Maxey as my one two starting point guards on the defensive end. Um trade Maxey while he's I think his value is super high right now, still is a young player. Get get you know Tobias Harris is sort of your salary matching. Throw in a, a first or two from the, the the Brooklyn, either from Brooklyn or or your own firsts. Um, and then you have Pascal, Harden, and and Bead. And like yeah. that's a team I don't want to fucking play in any round, let alone you yeah. know whatever. So that's the first one that came to mind. I don't know what do, what do you guys think about that one? 
I, I love it. And I, I love these because there's a lot of trades we could make here for the Sixers that revolve around the Harris Maxi combo. I, I and and I'm so open to those. So this is perfect. Max I've, I've heard also point seven million, right? So he's like an easy salary guy too. But he's but he's due for a lot of money. Oh yeah, and I'm happy to pay him. You know. Yeah. We don't. You know, um, the Raptors don't have a lot of young, salt, like up and coming guards on their roster. Like Gary Trent's the only guy really. Um. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were you saying? I'm in on both sides for me, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, the okay. Pascal, I think hypotheticals are the are the most fun. Do you have Do you have the Golden State one? No, what's that one? Hit, hit that one. Oh, Golden. Okay, State. so Golden State, they've been kind of floundering, so they really commit and get Pascal Siakam, and I think Ken Birch to what? make it work. Um, for Draymond Green, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, and a pick or two. Holy shit! And Wiseman, and then you have you you still have like Wiggins, you still have Clay, you still have Steph, Pool, you still have like your main guys, and then you have Pascal Siakam. You've Kevon Looney still. Your starting five would be Steph, Clay, (laughs) Wiggins, um, Pascal, Pascal and Looney, Kevin Looney, and and you clear out the air with the whole like Pool Draymond thing. And yeah, like you throw your future a little bit, but like Steph's only 32, 31. Like he's, he's still going to be good for, I think it, he's still getting better, which makes absolutely no yeah. sense. Well, I have a question about the Warriors here. The, those three young prospects that you threw in who are big pieces in the Warriors and trading these days, are they even worth the value of one good prospect? These are three completely prospective guys who we could say, like, they're not, they're, they haven't developed at all, all three of them, Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman. They, they seem to have no place in the league anymore, and everyone's just begging for them to be placed somewhere else to see if something shows up. But, I, I, you know, like, do, do you guys personally have a lot of faith in any of those three? I think, I still think Kaminga's a really high upside prospect. He's still only 20. He's, he's you know, he hasn't played that much yet. I think I view Moody more as like a high floor, low ceiling player. Eventually, like I think he'll be a rotation player in the league, and he's also only twenty. Um, James Wiseman, I've lost complete confidence on as a <laughs> yeah. prospect, as a player. Um, I don't, I don't think he has much value in the marketplace at all right now. But my toxic trade is thinking the Raptors, the Raptors organization could turn any player. <laughs> I could, I could fix him. I could, yeah, fix I can fix him. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the fixing guy. Yeah. Um, so I. All three are good Raptors players. To be fair, yeah, I think I think it's just in the right situation. Yeah, um, I think they could really they could they could excel. And again, I think that vaults the Raptors into the three to seventh pick range in terms of odds. And I think you have to keep in mind that um, with going forward, like Victor Wembanyama's. He's he's right there for the taking. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. he's right there to tank. No one's other than the Pistons. No one's really committed to it as hard this this far. Well, the Rockets, I guess, is kind of like an AAU team, so whatever. <laughs> and Charlotte, I guess, who knows what they do with Lamelo if they just even shut him down just to like be safe because he's now got his third ankle injury in like yeah, I think what, two months, three months. So 
I think the bottom four seeds are already locked in, to be honest. So I think anyone who's tanking is really fighting for fifth, which is still incredibly valuable because I think there's four, from what I've heard, there's four incredibly elite uh, prospects. There's obviously, um, you got the, you got Wembenyama and then who is Scoot? You got Scoot. And then, Scoot, and then the, the, the Thompson the twins look good Thompson as well. Twins. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. those four prospects people are raving about. So, you know, the Magic right now are leading that fifth spot, but they're, you know, they've been playing pretty decent for a young team. Um, they're getting healthy. You got exactly. Jonathan Isaac coming back for the first time in like three I, years. <laughs> I also think they're a good trade candidate because they're so loaded. They're so loaded with p- pieces that aren't playing. Um, both Mo Bamba and Bol Bol have been played out of the rotation by Moritz Wagner, by Wendell Carter Jr., at the guard spot, they have four great prospects that you could play at: Wagner, um, Suggs, Anthony, and Fultz. It, it, it's it's just a loaded Bamba. team, and I can see Bamba getting traded at the trade deadline, yeah. or Terrence yeah. Ross, Gary Harris. They do have a lot of these like like older fella. Or, but Bamba's not old, but like Terrence Ross, thirty one. Gary Harris, twenty eight. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Ross is expiring. I think they could definitely make a move. And if I'm a team, I would take a shot on Mo Bamba. I don't think he's in their future plans. Um, you know, with, with, with Mo Wagner kind of replace, like, you know, sort of yeah. replacing them, um, some of his stuff, but I, <laughs> going back to the Warriors, I, you, you bring up a really good point about how tumultuous their season's been. And they were, they want to maximize Steph's period, like window of opportunity, of championship sure. opportunity. The same thing as LeBron, but Steph, thing LeBron. Yeah. Steph is 34. We, we do forget that, that he is 34. He's entering his mid, he's in his mid thirties. Um, so I do think, and the dream on punch is still a reality. I think I don't think that they are going to re-sign him. He might pick up his player option, but they're not going to re-sign him to a big money deal. And he's already said that on the air. So this package that you bring up, the Draymond plus prospects package for Pascal, I actually think that's a completely re, re like a that's reality to me. That could be a real like honest trade. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think both of the the Siaka ones are very realistic. Yeah. Which is why I'm so excited for this trade deadline. I hope it's not quiet. Yeah, it would make. What else do you have, Justin, that. for the Raptors? Okay, yeah, fire sale. You said Gary Trent was like the number one prospect. Let's let's hear any about him. I have a I have an OG trade in front of me, so let me pitch that to you. Guys okay, let's do that before we do that. So, um, we talked about the West and how there's a couple teams that are running away with it. I think it's time for the Grizzlies to make a win now move. Um, okay. I think OG would be a perfect, perfect fit um, on that Good grid. God, that'd be so uh, gross. OG so, and JJJ bring Dylan Brooks home. <laughs> well, he wasn't in my in my mock trade. There's a lot of ways to skin this cat, though. So the first one I thought yeah. of was OG for for Stephen Adams and and picks. So like probably three picks and two swaps or something. Um, then you move JJJ to the five and maybe play OG at the four or something. Just kind of cleans up the paint a little bit. Um, yeah. The other one I had was uh, Danny Green, Zaire Williams, and picks. For <laughs> um, so you get a prospect in there, maybe one less first rounder. Um, but those sort of fit, both fit in terms of a salary perspective. And I think it's sort of exactly what the Grizzlies need. You can get a John Morant. Yeah. You can keep Dylan Brooks, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, OG, you know, JJJ and Steven Adams, or you can do, you know, there's Brandon Clark. There's, there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. But what do you guys think about, mm-hmm. uh, about that theoretical Grizz to the Grizzlies trade? 
the, the the picks package has to be huge and i'm 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 pleased that you found a way to trade with the grizzlies because they've said that bane morant and jaron are all untouchable but the yeah. picks package is going to have to be massive if you're going to get og for bane. for steven adams um or og yeah. for zaire williams you're going to have to include it's going to be like the next there. five years first and yeah. second or something ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, I sort of view OG as the same as DeJounte Murray. And because I saw a report about Masai basically asking for that type of package. So I'm sort of basing my trades off of like a DeJounte Murray type deal, which was again, three first yeah. and two swaps. I think that's totally reasonable for OG. I think he's actually a really good comp to DeJounte Murray in terms of his salary and age and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would probably prefer DeJounte over OG as a player, but just in terms of the supply and demand of the market right now, I think OG can absolutely get that um, type of package. So that was my Grizzlies one for OG. I also had a Cleveland. I like it. A Cleveland package. Um, oh my whereas... god, Cleveland! <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinging that too. So like it would be like a, it would be like Harris, Harris Levert for OG and and picks all your picks. The only thing is they don't have any left to give because I was looking at yeah, this they gave because jazz. OG on that team defensively would be so disgusting yeah like yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. that's the biggest need for them the biggest need is OG yeah. and an ob yeah champ- I, mean, they I was win. thinking they win, I think. even like a, a josh hart would be really good for cleveland oh, like something like perfect. that like anyone but karis lavert lamar stevens dean yeah. wade isaac Okoro. but if, if you can if, if you can do a chetty lamar stevens pick for josh hart I think that I think both sides say yes, and as the Cavs, then you can go Levert to the six-man role, which I think works out a bit better for everyone. Um, and you don't have to trade him; like you don't you don't have to give up on him just yet. Um, yeah. What's the OG Cavs? What's the OG Cavs? Well, I don't think they can get it done, but it would be the Levert salary <laughs> spot. And then I thought they had two first they could trade, but I think they only have one that they could actually trade. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's impossible not going to get done. Um, yeah, that was just I. I'm sort of turning into a bandwagon Cavs fan, so I kind of wanted it. I wanted a good guy I like OG to end up on a good organization like that. Um, the Cavs and the Thunder are so fun. I think they're the two most fun. You can make the Kings in the argument too. Actually, right thank now. you, thank you. But those those three are just so fun to watch. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope the Cavs do something to get that three spot figured yeah, out because that's their weak point. Yeah, I'd they... love to see Josh Hart there, but that would also require the Blazers to be real with themselves as well and kind of recognize where they are. Bill Simmons talked about a, a Dame trade, and I, I know he's talked heavily about staying with the with the team, but what his argument was that he deserves to leave at this point, and I think it would be okay on both sides if they just decide to part ways with Dame. It would be the same package as the Pascal trade to you. Um, the 76ers is what yeah. BS said. Uh, Maxine Harrison picks. Interesting. Which I love, and I and I think if the Blazers were to blow it up, that would, those two would be the first to move. It'd be Hart, and there'd be Dame and Nurk eventually. But Nurk could kind of sit there for a little. I think he's expiring soon, isn't he? I think it's more so, yeah. two-year deal. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he has one more year after this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I hope. I mean. I get, always get excited about the trade deadline. I hope that there's some action. Um, I'll do a couple of rapid fire ones. I, I know we're running out of time, so I'll do a couple of rapid fires. Um, yeah. Talking about Gary Trent, I think he would he could fit well in Brooklyn as well, like a Joe Harris and a pick for Gary Trent type of swap. Love Joe Harris. 
<laughs> well, I just it, it, his salary. He's going to be their salary guy. Like it's, I'm using him as a salary filler more than anything. Um, yeah, yeah. salaries match, but I think the Nets need to like need to make a move if they're you know if they're serious. <clears throat> Still, um, I could totally see a Gary Trent to the Knicks for like Cam Reddish, a salary spot, a salary spot, and a first. They have so many firsts, or maybe it's an mm-hmm. Evan Fournier. Is, is that salary? If I'm the Raptors, I don't want to do that because he has two years left on his deal. Um, That's for GTJ, you're saying? For GTJ, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mm. Reddish is also another guy to the Lakers. I forgot about that. Reddish is um, like probably going to get traded some, to someone. Yeah, like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah keep going. Yeah. I can see that too. Um, I had a Van Fleet to the Heat style. I saw that one, yeah. Um, what was the one you saw? Because I, it was like it was like a three teamer with Russell, like the T Wolves, D'Angelo going to the Raptors for salary, and then Fred going to the Heat, Kyle going to Minnesota, and there was a few <laughs> picks in there, right? But it kind of works out all across the board if the Raptors are going to commit to the rebuild. Because I don't. Whenever I see ones where D'Angelo gets traded, I don't really understand why any team would want him. Yeah. Like, the Timberwolves are doing everyone a favor by having him on their team <laughs> and paying him as much as they do. So I don't know if I understand that one, but Fred on the Heat, that just seems... Fred and even Gary Trent, I I, I think it was something around them, um, would be so fun. I just don't... Or it was, it was Jovic, too. Um the Raptors will get Jovic because he's a pretty solid um, up-and-comer. And I think Duncan Robinson was probably in there. And then they get rid of their picks because I think they still have most of those. Because they, they definitely need to make a change. They're just going to be status quo. Like, are you just going to continue yeah. to get out first round, second round? Maybe. Like, they have to do something too. So there's a lot of fun ones around that. As long what as was the heat one you had, Justin? Um, yeah, UD I mean, isn't moving. We didn't we didn't talk about too many. There's there's a lot of Fred deals and Gary deals. I think those are the most realistic trades. I think we we hit on OG and Pascal pretty hard. So maybe in another episode we can touch a little bit on on Gary and Fran, uh, Van Fleet. I hope Chris Boucher is off this fucking roster. Let me tell you, <laughs> I need him. Yeah, I think he's the only untouchable. He's a yeah. yeah, clearly he's a guy twelve point six for Canadian kid. It's Scotty and Boucher, and that's it. Yeah, those are the untouchables. I'm sorry, yeah. Justin. I'll trade any I just got off the phone with Masai. <laughs> yeah, no, I will honestly trade as Scotty Barnes as a as a filler for a Chris Boucher deal of just getting off his salary because at this point <laughs> I just need him off the books. He's he causes me so much anxiety and pain that I uh but I don't want I don't want that. So so we'll talk more Raptors as we get closer to the uh the trade deadline, amongst many other teams we'll focus on. But um yeah, those are sort of the main ones for me that I saw um, you know, right away. It's the best time of the year, man. I I, I cannot yeah. wait for trade deadline day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going back to what you guys were saying, there's just so many teams that can actually win this year. And so it makes so much sense for their like it makes so much sense for a lot of the things to make some big moves. I hope it happens. I really hope it's not quiet, but uh we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, those, uh, those are our trade predictions, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we're three and D's <laughs> listen to wherever you get your podcasts, Apple music, uh, Spotify, 
What else, Matt? SoundCloud? What else, oh, yeah, Matt? What else we got there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're not on SoundCloud. We got Shit, why not? Dude, that's what we're missing out. <laughs> All our revenue. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in.